And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session. And welcome to another edition of the Guest Speaker Series with our night school edition of our podcast. If you're listening on YouTube or whether it be a, a podcast streaming service, make sure you smash that subscribe button and that really helps us out. And I am so excited today, thrilled and honored to have my next guest on the show, the one and only TJ Hickey out of Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, TJ, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Really, really is a pleasure to uh, sit down and do this with you. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for the uh, the kind introduction. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. No, seriously, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm thrilled to have you on here. And uh, we came on to you, I'd say about five, six months ago now, but uh, I don't actually don't even remember how I, I came on to your music. But uh, if you're a fan of ours, uh, you hopefully have heard of TJ by now because he's been all over our, our night school new music playlist. I think we, because you, you drop music at a rate that is just in, incredibly impressive. I can't, I can't even imagine. And uh, how much time and effort you put into uh, recording and all that. And you just dropped a incredible 31 track full length project that we'll definitely get into later on. So uh, but like I said, if you're a fan of ours, you, you've, you've definitely seen this man floating around. And of course, he was an honor roll, uh, honor roll mention as well on our uh, end of the year list for uh, one of his singles. So uh, Can't Start Over, which I, was one of my favorites of yours, no doubt. So. People only focus on the bad news about me, they talk, talk, talk I cannot say that past, I was living as gone, gone, gone Focus on the future, I'ma just do better, no, no, no Won't touch me, I hear why you're my nest, I won't, won't, won't So can't start over Yeah, yeah, you guys have been, uh, you guys have been great So, uh, and I always say when people say, you know, you release so much music, you release it's all right here you know what i'm saying like i'm i'm there's no excuse back in you know before covid i wasn't recording myself i was going to studios and then like you know engineers have stuff come up or you know it snows whatever it is but like exactly you know life happens and now it's like you have no excuse if you have all the equipment to just go make a song whenever you feel like it you know at least at least do something to or write the song you don't have to record it you know what i mean so so there's so much more to that i haven't even released yet I'm, I, I, I my manager is always you know you got to push the album stop making the new stuff but <laughs> um this is my favorite part of everything it's just literally just recording it but i actually like doing it by myself more than i like doing it with an engineer so um yeah it's been good man i appreciate you guys um you know always supporting and that stuff goes a long way not only for you know getting in front of your viewers but just t like telling spotify the algorithm you know people are actually adding this stuff and um so it's been helpful yeah, no, seriously, and, and the music speaks for itself, and we'll definitely get into it. I love we've got a lot to talk about because, like you said, you dropped a thirty-one track project, so we definitely got plenty of music to discuss. Uh, but I first wanted to talk to you a little bit back, go back a little bit, uh, the conversation we we're having off air a little bit about athletics because you are you've you know been an athlete basically your whole life, and I'm uh, just kind of curious as to you know how you started kind of getting into athletics, and then where like that transition went from athletics into music because you, you do talk about it a little bit on your. Uh, the, the first opening track on, on the, uh, on your, on the album, but I uh, kind of curious to hear you uh, go in a little bit on depth about like, you know, your sort of your history on uh, as an athlete. And then after that more so like the transition, how it sort of transitioned into music. Yeah. So I was a, I was an athlete um, my whole life. Um, I actually played pretty much everything you can play. I was a terrible basketball player and a pretty average baseball player, I'd say. Um, but football, hockey and lacrosse were, were three things that um, I, I excelled at as a kid 
and um, you you definitely are, are are one that's been reading my long sappy posts because <laughs> I uh, I had no music intention. I had no music gift. Uh, I didn't like music. I hated music in school. Really? Um, I was just like sports, sports, sports. And then when you do something, you, it becomes your your identity. Um, so I saw myself. It's kind of like you know the old high school stereotypes. You have the jocks and the nerds and the punks and the you know. And uh, yeah. I was an athlete and. Um, I was fortunate enough to, to get to college through hockey. Um, and one day it was over before it even started, just months into my freshman year at Union. Um, I was cut from the team, and, you know, y- you weren't playing football and lacrosse anymore when you were, you were going to college for mm-hmm. hockey. So um, I just went from one day being, you know, a three-sport athlete to no-sport athlete. Um, and I feel like I lost my identity. I had this kind of chip on my shoulder, like, I was just a normal kid for the first time in my life. You know, like I was just a student. I would always a student mm-hmm. athlete before. Um, and so I, I guess, you know, I'm trying to think. Um, it was probably like my senior year of high school, like Garage Band came out. Yeah. And um, a couple of my buddies were into music. And I, again, I, again, I had nothing to do with music. I really just genuinely didn't like it. I loved listening to music, but like they were making like rock alternative. And I just didn't like it. But I started to make raps uh, about my buddies um, in the locker room. Like I would just go and make a rap. I would just find a, like a 50-cent beat, and I would just make a joke and just write a rap about every single person in the locker room, and I would always play the song in the locker room. Awesome. Um, and so when Union caught me, I had so much time on my hands. Um, I literally just kind of sat by a computer and, and made, wrote songs. And it's funny, too. It's like I've had some people find me on social media or whatever and be like hey i lived in your floor in union and i used to just walk by your room and hear you just fucking like <laughs> rapping to yourself and people probably thought i was such a weirdo That's so um, and they're like hey like glad it worked out or like glad you're you yeah. know, you're doing this but yeah man it was all kind of a off a whim um i i couldn't stay on beat for the life of like i had no actual music gift i always said and i said this in songs like this wasn't meant to be for me like i literally just sat by a computer with headphones on for hours on end uh, and just did it like over and over and over again. And it took, you know, seven or eight years to actually like learn what you're doing and learn what you're right. good at. And, um, but it, it, it only came because hockey was taken away and that's the only reason I ever found it. So it's, it's definitely that blessing and a curse, um, situation. So, uh, I wish I started earlier, but I don't think I started until I was 21, 22. I think my first ever project came out when I was 23. So, uh, definitely found me out of nowhere for sure. So I love that story. I love that you kept, the word you kept saying was identity. And, and I think that, that would, especially with athletes, I think this goes for a lot of different things, especially when you're growing up, like whether you, you know, uh, whether you are a musician, right? Like that could be your whole life if you like play a certain instrument or whatever, um, or like you, you're sports specific. Or, I mean, it sounds like you just were an, like an all around athlete, but it's crazy. Like you said, going from the three sport athlete to, to nothing. And that, if that is your whole identity, and that's gone from you like that can be very emotionally taxing i mean you can get into dark places and that's why i tell like i'm so i'm a coach i coach basketball we were talking about that and not a lot of people i think uh you know through our platform really know that I, it's not something i'd normally talk about but i right. tell my student athletes that all the time it's like hey listen like you are a student athlete like this is going to end at some point like it ended for all of us it ended for you it ended for me right. i mean i tried to walk onto a d3 program as well and it didn't work out and same thing like i was like wow 19 years of basketball and what do I do now? You know what I mean? So that's how I got into coaching and eventually this podcast and things like that. But you know, I exactly right. Any athlete or any, really anybody, any young person doing something right like, like that, 
you have to understand unless you're going to be you know a division one even or you know even if sometimes a lot of division one athletes right i mean it ends for a lot of people at some point in time it's going to end and how do you sort of figure out your next move right and we're glad enough for you that it worked out super well you know yeah and and i and and i think it's it comes down to it's it's a lot of ego so Mm, you know when you're when you're an athlete like people look at you a certain way you have this popularity you have this kind of when you walk into a room people know who you are based off that sport and when that was gone i remember it actually happened was like so organically because i'd go out at union to like a bar go to a party Mm -hmm. and they'd be like like what do you do and i'd be like i'm a Oh, like now I'm not a hockey player anymore. Um, right. So I needed to like give myself that spark. Like I, I've always, uh, I don't want to say I loved the spotlight, but I, I loved like proving people wrong. And I loved um, showing like that I was capable of doing a lot of cool shit, um, right. whether it was sports or whether it was music or whatever it was. I just knew that that's what I wanted. And so when I lost hockey, I had to find that thing. Like, what is he? What do you do? Um, and, and lucky for me, you know, like I, I turned a joke into, you know, a hobby and, 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 and who knows where it goes from here, but it's definitely something that's in me for, for life for sure. Yeah. yeah. I got a good transition because it goes right to the second track in, in your, in your album, uh, different kind of hobby jokes on you. That's exactly perfect way to put that. I think that, that, that for anyone that background with that song, I'm sure, uh, now that kind of makes some sense here, but, um, I, I'm curious too, like, so as you started to continuously get into music, you know, how did you sort of find your sound that you're doing now? Because I mean, I, I think for you, it's and with a lot of artists now, and I think this is a good thing. It's tough to pin people's like genre or sound nowadays. And I think you're kind of a great example of that, too. I almost put you in this weird blend of like indie, hip hop, pop, even a little bit of R&B. Right. So you have that sort of, you know, blend and, and mixture. So for you, like how long did it take you to kind of get to the sound you're at now? And, and maybe like were some of your influences in music as you were kind of on your journey in your 20s, figuring out, you know, what that lane was going to be for you? Yeah. So I think honestly, one of my strengths is is also one of my weaknesses where I don't really have a sound like who is TJ Hickey? Like what? what you know, you, Machine Gun Kelly has his sound. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake has his sound. Um, Lil Wayne has like all these artists that are that are like brand artists, if you will. Like they have their sound, they have their identity. You know what they're gonna do when they get on a track. Um, and I never like I can't make the same song over and over again. There's so many artists that are making tons of money and tons of success yeah. just making the same song over and over again. And God bless them. Um, but it's just not something I can I, I can do. And I really always wanted to push the envelope i've always said i wanted my music to sound like a spotify playlist rather than an album like so it's like wow we just went from a country song to a rap song to a indie song or whatever it is um but i i, I just feel like um moving all those genres around and, and like trying to like really push the envelope um is something that like drake really started to do early on in his career mm-hmm. like when i first started i was strictly rapping i'd find a beat and i would just rap and like that'd be that and it wasn't it wasn't creative. It was just kind of like the same thing. And then, you know, you get used to, it takes years of that. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe I can like sing in like a monotone. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, all right, if I try this. So I was, I was really influenced by Drake. I'd say Drake is, is probably my favorite artist. Uh, it's mm-hmm. probably cliche now. Um, but we were listening to him, you know, coming out to hockey games in high school and so oh, far yeah. gone was coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden he would make like hotline bling and he'd make like these crazy pop R and B Marvin's room. And you're like, wow, this guy's more than just a rapper. 
Mm, um, exactly. And then obviously you have your Post Malones of the world that's like bending those genres like that. Lil Wayne was even doing some singing. So I was definitely big on, on, on those guys growing up. And I, I definitely think it gave me the Mac Miller, like just like, you know, you, you don't have to be the world's, you don't have to be Justin Bieber in order to sing on a, on a track. You can kind of be melodic without, you know, belting out these notes. Um, but it took me time. It took me engineers. It took me, um, it, it took a long time to figure out what you're capable of doing. Cause like I said, I, I didn't have anyone that was in my corner telling me what to do or how to mm-hmm. do it. It was kind of just me and a laptop trying to figure out, you know, what sounds good and what doesn't. Um, and, and I've had some swings and some misses. I think there's some records on that project, um, that are better than others. I think, you know, if a real singer or a real rapper or whatever, you know, someone that is, uh, in their strength in that record, it could be a better record. But, um, I definitely think my strength is the fact that I don't really have a box and I don't think, um, I don't think I'll ever make the same song over and over again. Yeah. Well, off of that too, like a guy that I like, obviously he's on my wall, Tyler, the creator, he's said that in, in an interview, he was like, if you want goblin, go listen to goblin. If you want, like, I will never make another goblin. I will never make another wolf. I'll never make another flower boy. Like, and I always res- like respected that from him. Uh, and then I think your, your point is very valid, I think, with, with Drake. And I think a lot of – I think Drake kind of gets this not bad rep now, but it's almost like, like you said, it's cliche to like Drake almost now. It's like, oh, right. like you only you only listen to Drake. Like there's so much – and again, there is obviously so much out there, but Drake was, is a trendsetter. He's one of those people that he's able to do so many different types of music and, and genres. That he, I think that's what's given him – a lot of his staying power is the fact that he's so versatile and so unique as that artist. Like, you know, even with my co-host Phoenix Rios, we were talking about this on one of our last episodes where like, it's incredible that Marvin's room is one of his like highest charting single. Like it, yeah. it, it blows my mind that a song like that could be a chart topping single, but Drake was able to do it, you know? And you know, his label told them not to do it too. Oh, you thousand know, like, percent. that was like a conversation and he was like, no, like I'm, I'm that's, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah i mean it it's drake is the only artist and I, I get in trouble for saying this drake is the best artist of our generation because he's the only artist in the game that can be on the charts if you will for mm-hmm. with an r&b song a rap song and a pop song all at the same time it's wild i mean it's just that's to me like you can call him commercial you can call what he want but he's the only one that can do that no one else can do that mm-hmm. and just as a fan like like that is that is obviously something that will gravitate to like you're just getting more more people to be involved and gravitate towards your sound and if if you have so many different ones i mean I, like i would say you know when you when you're looking at the, i guess the top like the big 3 if you will like to bring it to bring it to a sports analogy but like j cole j cole kendrick and drake right i mean those for the last i'd say you know 8 to 10 years they've been sort of the pillars yeah. right of hip hop or really even hip hop mainstream music but and again, I, I if I were to rank them like my favorites, Drake's probably third, but you can't deny like how right. influential Drake is. As, you can as appreciate it without it being your favorite artist, right? Like you can look at it just objectionably. And that's yeah. that's exactly what I want people to do is is, mm-hmm. is appreciate what you don't have to like it. There's a lot of music that I think is like critically like good music. It's just not my style of music. Exactly. But, just to recognize that he's the only I'm, I, I can't even think I mean you could probably say you're like Post Malone's I guess Bieber does like a little bit of country music but for the most part like people are just kind of in their lane and, and, and that's that and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it but in terms no. of just in being an all around artist and appreciating like what you have it, it's pretty special 
Yeah, and even just the the way to like reinvent yourself like that, I think that that's an impressive thing to be able to to do that again and again and again. And that's why, again, like I mean, that's why I've always loved Drake's music and respected his music, even the albums that necessarily didn't like th- fell a little bit short for me personally. Can totally right. obviously always see the appeal, and that's again that's why a big reason why I like a guy like uh, uh, Tyler the Creator, excuse me, who has been able to change his sound and reinvent himself. Mac Miller did that for sure. I'm glad you even brought him up too. We just talked about that a lot on one of the, on the last guest speaker episode with uh, with Keys. But you know, Mac Miller's ability to to uh, to just reinvent himself, where he started with like a, a, an album like Blue Slide Park, right? For Tim to get to the point where he was. Uh, right before he passed with swimming and, and then of course what came up yeah. posthumously with with uh, circles it's like it's it's amazing it really is it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to see that progression in an artist and it's time it's just like one of those things that like you can't just do it overnight right like he mm-hmm. didn't go he had kids and then he did blue side park and then he he had like macadelic which is a little bit more experimental but like mm-hmm. that's just the way it goes it's almost like right if you went back and listened to his catalog, you could see him leaving kind of like the knock knocks yeah. and getting into like this more like experimental thing. So mm-hmm. it is interesting because then all of a sudden the album went from two of those songs to 10 of those songs and then it's exactly. a whole project of it. So it's definitely an evolution that just it, it naturally occurs over time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I love the evolution of that, too. That's a good word as well. And uh, yeah, so I'd love to talk a little bit about your or about your project, a lot about it, I should say, because again, it's 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 a hefty hefty album here with thirty one tracks. What was the uh, so again? I think nowadays in twenty twenty one where we're at in the last couple of years, you're seeing a lot of artists put out these shorter EPs or like shorter like hard hitting projects, and then working on some other things. Like you're not really seeing like the full fledged eighteen track you know project. Uh, what was what was it like the mindset for you to say you know what I'm just going to drop this 31 track project like what where were you kind of um, what were you trying to accomplish with that? So a lot of them were were pre released, but a most mm-hmm. for the most part it was like at 90 percent recorded in my walk-in closet, not even on this mic. It was on like a hundred dollar mic uh, on GarageBand, and then like wow. we just we we would mix it outside of it, but. I wanted it to be like everything that I did in the closet. Like I, I just, I didn't want to like just leave some stuff off. And my manager didn't want me to put out a 31 song project. And I said to myself, like, it would feel wrong if I didn't put everything that I made on that project. Mm. Um, and they're all so different too. So I wanted it to be what it always is, which is like what the last project was, which a little bit of everything. I wanted like every sound um, on there. I think there was probably like 10 unreleased songs before that. Um, but it, 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 there was probably 50 songs that could have been on it, but from what I released and what I like felt comfortable releasing, um, I like projects. I've always been an album guy. Like Mm. singles are one thing. And as you know, I I mean, I released a single every Friday for like the last like 20 weeks or whatever the number was, but people like have lives, right? So you're not like every Friday, like you may miss a couple of releases. And I thought it was important to like put those in a project so that people that, you know, our fans maybe have missed a couple of those songs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have the unreleased ones. But for the most part, it's about getting those songs. Like, Jokes on You was released probably a year ago. I don't oh, know, wow. February 20, yeah, probably a year ago. Um, but it was it was just one of those things that, like, people forgot about it or people hadn't heard me yet because we hadn't, me and Sammy hadn't released All on Me. So I wanted to get all of those on a project. And I think it's just easier to listen to. Like, when I listen to, like, Drake's, music i don't go to like a single like i'll go to album and Mm -hmm. then i want to like hear like the whole story so it was pretty organic to be honest but it was it was 85 percent made on a hundred dollar mic and i I wanted all those to like be together i love that that kind of idea and then i guess it fits the the name of the project too which is a different kind of hobby and really kind of 
makes it seem like, yeah, this was just, Hey, something that I was doing, like you're saying on a hundred dollar mic and, and something I was enjoying doing. And, and you want to like show that whole journey. And it's interesting. You also talk about a song like jokes on you, which, you know, like I said, we came on to you roughly about six months ago and been, I mean, obviously, you know, we, I don't think we've missed a release of yours in the last couple of, couple of months, but jokes on you was one that I didn't even realize was out for a whole year. So that's even for someone like me, who's been on to your, like been, you know, pretty paying attention to you for the last like half a year or so it's it's crazy even like i even yeah i missed a song like that um so super cool man i really i really like just think it's it's an amazing body of work you have so many uh great features on here like you mentioned the sammy adams one and, and sage the gemini uh talk to me a little bit about uh you know getting some of these guests on some of these heavier hitters that are not only the boston scene but really the national scene like what was it like to work with sammy adams or in in sage or was it more just like you got sent the verse like what, how did those two uh those two songs kind of come to be so Sammy's Sammy's like my guy. He's he's been like a mentor. Obviously, you know, growing up, you had the talk about the big three again to use a sports reference. But Mac Miller, Chris Webby, and Sam Adams were just like mm. the three like first like white college frat rappers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I mean I I looked up to him from the beginning, and um, we went to the same college. Um, we didn't know each other. He was there probably like three or four years before me, um, but we had mutual friends. Um, I used to like you know hit him up on social media blah blah blah. um we finally like he i forget if it was like he dm me or responded to them but he was like bro like i've been checking out your shit like you're 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 you've improved so much meaning like he had seen the before and and the after so i kind of made all on me like i always say that i make music with a with another artist in in mind and that'll get me to the to the series of gemini story but i made all on me and i was like yeah this would be like a sammy adams record so i said it to him um he liked it we actually both ironically got booked for a private birthday party right before COVID. So we were like, hey, let's just shoot a music video to it. Yeah, we done taking three shots from the strike You know we come alive when the lights down. Swimming in these moments till we might drown. But it's not we know. Who they say it's a chat, but we won't buzz. Yeah, with so much turning up, they get struck. When they see us at the bar, yeah, it's on us. This is how we know. So if I got you, you got me. We'll turn this night to a fantasy All this love that could turn to green When your spin is right Yeah, yeah Block a sick and try to take my youth away My only worry is tomorrow when I feel my age Grab a seat, baby, tell me what you want to drink uh, Tonight it's all on me So the whole thing was just very organic But he's been more than just someone who's like jumping on records He... He's just been helpful in, in terms of just navigating the industry and what's next. And I send him, I probably send him 10 demos a week trying to just get, like get feedback from him, probably annoying the shit out of him by now. But um, yeah, man, we have we have another one coming out. Um, he actually just sent me his verse four last week. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's just been, he's been, honestly, he's a pioneer of, of the game, in my opinion, uh, yep. for what I do. And um, he's just, you know, one of the more talented guys and um I'm just grateful to have him. Um, and then Sage the Gemini. So, so going back to like how I make my song. So I was a huge Big Sean guy growing up too. So I'd, okay. I'd always say like, all right, this is my Big Sean song. This is my Lil Wayne song. This is my like Sam Hunt song. All right, this is like my Bieber record. So this is my Macklemore. If you listen to the project based off that, like you can see like what you become is off Macklemore. Jokes on you is like Tory Lanez. Do more is like say it's Gemini. So I made do more, and I always used to joke with my my roommates all the time, and I'd say, I can make like these records like 
these radio songs in a minute. Like it's just five seconds. Just give it to me. So I, I would, went downstairs and I made do more and uh, I threw it up on Instagram and I was like, who should hop on this verse? And uh, like people were tagging like Tyga and the Migos and Drake and all these people. Um, someone, maybe two or three, but it got Sage Gemini's attention that, with a tag and he DM me and he was like, send me this record. And so he first, I was a huge Sage Gemini fan just for, for the longest time. Um, and you're like, okay, like, this is great, but then it's going to be like $50,000, you know, once, once he sends right. it. Um, yeah. And within 24 hours, he sent me the verse. Um, I didn't have to, there was no like $50,000 fee. He just sent me the verse and he was just getting off his label. So I think it was more of like, I want to make whatever the fuck I want to make with whoever I want to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we couldn't release the song. It was the first song that I made in the pandemic. It was in my okay. closet, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we couldn't release it until like September cause he couldn't get the label approval to, to release the song. So, um, but he's someone, he, he would FaceTime me and just like explain the situation. He was really just like a genuinely like good person. He didn't need to do that for me. Right. Like I, I, I'm not even close to what, what he is, but he, you know, knew that this meant a lot. And, um, he's another guy. I think you're going to see a lot of good stuff coming from him now that he's independent. I know his, he's has a lot of records in the vault and I, I really hope he makes kind of that comeback. Um, because he's definitely one of those talented guys that deserves it. Yeah. So first off with Sammy Adams, I mean, anybody that's from these parts, especially Boston, like remembers the Boston's boy project from, I think I was in high school when that dropped and I yeah, remember like, listening yeah. to that. Yeah. listening to that all the time. Loved that project. And, uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying in terms of like the sound that like people like yourself are making. I think Sammy Adams really, I think he, I don't want to say he was ahead of his time. And actually, I, I really would say, too, I actually really, like really enjoy the music he's making now uh, even more so. Like I, I didn't I only got back to onto him, I'd say, within the last year because I, you know, going doing this podcast and trying to get into the Massachusetts music scene a little bit more. He was a name I always knew, you know, guys of him and Millie's and Joyner Lucas. So right? when talking Massachusetts. Um, but you know, I hadn't really listened to his music in a while and I got back onto his stuff and I'm like, Oh wow. Like he's making some like quality, quality records right now. Even so, like, I feel like if people aren't in tune to Sammy Adams, like if they kind of, he's kind of an afterthought for some people and I, he shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> it's cause he's been around for so long. I think people are like, Oh, Sammy Adams, like high school, but like, I agree with you. I think he's making the best music he's, he's ever made. Um, and it's just like, people just, you just don't go back, right. You're looking for like the new artists, but, right. um, he's just uh, he he's someone who just continues to just get better and get more comfortable and i'm pretty excited to release what um what we have too because i think it's it's very different than than all on me it's um it's not really like the, the party banger if you will um but it's just like a it's a it's a very cool record and um the versatility on that on that guy is something that i've always been impressed with too Definitely. so that's kind of where i took my direction from in terms of what i make Definitely. Yeah. And then the stage of the Gemini story is awesome. I mean, a lot of people obviously probably remember him as the gas pedal, like, you know, that album, yeah. the song when he kept dropped that. I think I want to say I was in, maybe I was in high school when that came out too, or maybe college. I can't remember off the top of my head, but definitely. Time flies. Isn't it crazy? I know. <laughs> we were like, we were just talking off air, like it's insane. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's a really interesting story too. And uh, yeah, glad it worked out for you. And, and, and again, just it's good for you to, I think, to make some of these other industry connections. And, and again, it's, it is hard to break through and it. And again, it, with the, uh, the story you're telling about him, not being able, you not being able to release the record, like, again, it goes to show like the, some of the, uh, negatives of this industry at times, you know what I mean? I've just, again, I'm not an artist, so I don't know the ins and outs per se, but just kind of talking to a bunch of different people throughout 
you know, the last couple of years with this podcast, I've sort of, I picked up on a couple of things and, and I think that type of stuff just kind of, it irritates me, right? If like, I mean, I know, uh, who is it even, I think Drake even, um, put out more life specifically to get out of his label at that time. And I know everyone like was criticizing that project, not everybody, but there were some people that didn't love that project, but it, it was really just kind of like, Hey, like I need to get out of this, this, uh, you know, this, this deal. It's kind of, it's kind of sucks how that is the case, you know? So, yeah, I, I think the industry in general is just a broken industry. Mm -hmm. There's so many, you know, if, if only you knew then what you know now, I mean, there's so many broken people in this in this game that just want to take money or they want to mm. take you for a ride like i stopped like even thinking about labels for the last like seven yeah. six seven years Smart. you know what i mean like when i first started i remember talking to a couple of them and then you, you just thank god i never did exactly. it um there's just too much there's too much politics mm -hmm. in it and um it's a shame too because for independent artists it's it's i don't want to say it's impossible but like it's pretty much impossible to get on like the new music Fridays yeah. and, and get on today's top hits. And you know, you, you have the indie artists that do, and then they say that it didn't have to do with the label, but I can promise you that it ha had to do with the label. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it makes your fans so much more important. It makes that word of mouth and, and, and you know, guys like you that are putting together these podcasts and these playlists, like that's all we have. And you got to hope that you got to release good music, but like yeah. you got to hope that your fans are like willing to like push it. Like just having a fan that listens to it and, and absorbs it, it's great. But like they have to be like, hey, you have to hear this new artist that I found, and like that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how like the Mac Millers of this world even even started. Absolutely. He just threw up the YouTube, and before you know it, um, you know he was he was Mac Miller. Exactly. So it's just super important that people spread you know the music because we don't have those labels, we don't have the marketing money, we don't have the New Music Friday, and Spotify is even cracking down on like user playlists they took down like seven hundred and fifty thousand songs because oh, wow. they weren't they were getting plays off of not spot spotify curated playlists okay i mean none of my music is going to taken down i know a ton of indies that happened to so point is like you're always boxed in by these big labels that are just want to make sure that like their artists are getting those plays and, and not these these indie artists so it's it's tougher than it's than it's ever has been yeah but i mean at the same time though that your that ownership that you have over what you do with your music i think like having that complete freedom is i think so important as well so again like right it's that slippery slope of of, of the way it is and, and hopefully maybe hopefully it changes at some point but i know like you said too it's uh with us specifically when people reach out to us and like hey like how, how can i get on your playlist i'm like well you got to make some good music first like and, and again to one of your earlier points too it's like i might not love it but i need to at least see the appeal or i need to at least see like okay that somebody who could like this song and this is a good yeah. a well put together song right so that's that at the end of the day i think you know good music obviously will will kind of triumph all but again like in, in a saturated market right now like it is you know how do you kind of dig through all that and, and get yourself in a position where to for people to listen to it that will enjoy it, you know? So it's, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough game. It really is. It's the same thing as podcasting. It's, it's just as difficult in that that people uh, would, would believe it, but. It's amazing too, because you know, Spotify, right? So you, you put a song out on Fridays and mm -hmm. it's the same artist putting out a song and some songs will get like 10,000 plays in 24 hours. And then mm -hmm. some songs get like 2000 and you're like, this is just Spotify, like deciding if it's going to put it on people's release radar. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've constantly yeah. gotten like yelling at Spotify being like, I'd like my own fans that follow me on Spotify to get my song on release radar as it should be. But like 
it doesn't happen sometimes because it's just the way Spotify, like just you're not a priority artist for them. So, right. um, yeah, it's been it's been really frustrating because some songs do so well and then you have ones that don't do numbers at all. And you're like, it has really nothing to do with the song. It has to do with how Spotify put it into a playlist or put it into the algorithm, et cetera. Yeah. Spotify, don't take this. Uh, don't take this episode down, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh in all seriousness, no, it's, it's, it's a, it is a conversation because, you know, like, like, I, you know, like all the indie artists that I work with and that I, you know, help promote and all that and just that I've you know, created relationships with off of this all are preaching the same thing. So it's like I, I completely can understand the frustration of of it and, and sort of how difficult it is to navigate. And especially when you're making literally less than pennies on the do- on the dollar for some of these songs, it's. It's it's unbelievable, man. It really is. Yeah, it's it's it. only going to get worse too. They're they're mm-hmm. releasing this new, you know, like payola thing where they're going to pay you less but put you on more playlists. I've seen that. There's a lot of rumors going around that they want to pay artists even less, which I didn't think was even possible. That's what but, I was about uh, to say. How's that even possible? <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And and people think, and that's the other part of this whole music identity or or being verified or or you know people think that you're because you have. 40,000 followers or you have a song with a million plays that like you're rich and you're like mm. maybe if I had like a dollar for every single one of those plays or even a penny but we get paid less than half a penny for those streams so mm. uh, just because you see the check or you see the followers that that's not money coming into the to the bank I can assure you of that I, I can say that firsthand yeah I had an artist on the show we did a um or I, I did a uh like a how is the industry or how's the how's COVID-19 like affected the music industry and it was interesting because it was like a lot of things that were like an issue before like are now even heightened because of COVID and I feel like that's really not just the music industry that's happened and I think a lot of industries and uh you know we were even talking a little bit on my industry that I work in in education that that has been sort of you know completely uh, seen but he was telling me that he had a song get a hundred thousand plays on Spotify and he got $80 from that. That was like the check. Yeah, and, and that's the inconsistency that you're talking about. It's like which distribution company pays out different numbers mm-hmm. and it, it's like why is that that shouldn't be a thing. If Seriously. you have a song that hits 100,000 plays, you should get X amount of money every single time. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's and that's it's it's funny looking back too because I remember my first ever project um I released it on iTunes, so in order to listen to a single you had to buy the whole album. Right. So that was that was the most lucrative part of my career. If you take out like all the shows and stuff like that, and that was because people had to buy a nine ninety nine album to listen to to one right. song. And it just goes to show you how how much it, it's changing just based off of Spotify and Apple Music and these streaming services. Yeah, and then you take out no shows and like, what are you left with? You know, I mean, you're left with merch, but I mean, that can only get you so far sometimes. And I know people are trying to be more creative with merch than just hey here's t-shirts right but like yeah and it's, yeah. it's covid too right like you don't people don't have this extra income to be throwing around it at at, at t-shirts and, and hoodies right now at least that's that's how i feel mm, yeah oh totally that's i mean yeah it's it's very valid and and a, a huge you know issue with what's going on in, in the world and all that but i mean this is a great conversation and i'm and I'm, I'm glad we're having it i wanted to switch gears a little bit not switch gears but kind of go back to the project a little bit a different kind of hobby uh, I'm curious as to so you, well more features uh, that you have on here as well. You got Jer- uh, Jerome the Prince on here, Matt Corman, who we've uh, promoted some of his songs. I, I think he's a fantastic artist too, doing some amazing things as well. And uh, Adrian um, Stressow is on here, and uh, Chase Lavish. You got you got a, a nice guest list here. 
uh, what was what would maybe like a handful since it's 31 maybe I'll give you a handful but uh, what are maybe like a handful of like some of your favorite songs from from this project and, and why huh um, you know I get this question a, a lot and it really depends on my mood which is why you created in the first place right like right right you know if you're driving late at night I think with me is probably like one of my favorite records and it's probably people wouldn't think that but I like how like r&b it is i don't think i've ever done something that was straight just r&b like that mm-hmm. um and then like no manners with jerome i think is like a cool song meaning like it's not your typical like rap hip-hop song it's got kind of like a creative beat and um I, that's that's a hard question for me i um i don't know i don't know what the, it depends it depends on like what i'm doing and and, and how i'm feeling and there's a lot of uh, a lot of different factors on it but i can tell you that all the features on there are all artists that I would I would consider to be somewhat my size in terms of popularity. Mm-hmm. And 2021, I've already I probably already have five or six more features on on some of my songs too because that's the most it's the easiest way to grow and it's the most mm-hmm. organic way to grow. Um, and you're just tossing percentages around with 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 people that are just trying to do exactly what you're trying to do. So. Um, they were all, you know, I, I, I wish the, the best for all of them. I think they're all very talented in their own capacity. Um, and I think all 2021, you're going to see even more features because that's my favorite part about this is, is working with other people mm-hmm. um, and just seeing the different styles. You know, you're both listening to the same beat, but people approach it so differently. So exactly. um, it was fun to do it. And I think there's going to be a lot more features in the future. Cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm a little bi- I'm a little biased because I picked it for the uh, one of my favorite songs of 2020. But I love "Can't Start Over." Those people, those fans of ours, you guys know I'm huge on that song. And believe it or not, man, I love the introspective nature of what you become. Like I think that song for I I, I was really really impressed with that song specifically because of what you're talking about in that song. Like kind of just you trying to find yourself and again, you know, after like like we talked about a little earlier with your identity like kind of being stripped away with as you know as an athlete but then you know kind of finding yourself with music and and finding that passion again and I think that you know you're doing it for all the right reasons right because you know nobody I think you know a lot of people think like oh they're just trying to be an artist so that way you can you know clout chase or be a millionaire or whatever but you know again talking with you and just again really just the the, the project itself it's a testament of just hey like this is just something i enjoy that i've been doing for a long time now and like i even saw one of your posts you say like i just make music that i enjoy and i love that about just kind of your sort of image and your brand of like you know this is the music i love to make i love to listen to my own music and like you know i want to share it with the world like i just i i think there really is something on this album for everyone and that's i think why i enjoy it so much as well so yeah i and i think it was important too is 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 exactly what you said is i think people think people have so many preconceived notions because of social media i think yeah. people that have never met me like i can't tell you how many times that i've I've met someone and they're like oh like you're like a regular guy or you're like you're not an asshole or like you know my point is like they just see like you being on camera or being a rapper and they just assume you're a douchebag <laughs> And it's like, it's a sad reality. So it's like, at the end of the day, like what you're saying with, dude, like, do you golf? Do you fish? Do you ski? Like, these are things that you do because they, you, it just genuinely makes you happy. So I just happen to go down a different route. And, you know, you can't judge me based on these things because at the end of the day, you have your kind of outlets on life. And, and this mm-hmm. is what I chose for mine. Exactly. And that was like what Can't Start Over was, was, was really about. And I think, 
I think there's certain songs on this project where, you know, do more, right? There's not a huge message in do more, but like it's got a nice beat and you just kind of, it's a good like song to be drinking and hanging out and whatever. But a lot of these songs that are, are like can't start over, like they're, they're my favorite writing songs. So I, I could like listen to them over and over again because I, I just love the message behind it. And I think now that we're, you've, you've refreshed my brain on a lot of the songs, 31 songs, I, I forget all of them myself. <laughs> Um, I think some things I had to say part four is, is probably one of my more favorite, but I can't, I think you have to know me in order to like really understand it. Now it's, it's interesting how much you took away from what you become because you know my story. Um, but if you didn't, you'd probably think it was just, you know, another record and it wasn't like really true to me. But, um, I think if, 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 if you know my background and you know how long I've been doing this and you know, kind of where I started and, and where I'm at. Uh, some things I had to say part four is, um, you know, obviously it's the fourth time I've done something like that, but it's the most raw emotion and, you know, the stuff that you, you think about late at night and, you know, your biggest worries and you just kind of put that into a song. And, um, so it's probably like selfishly my favorite song because I know, I know my own story. Um, but yeah, every song on there is just like written for such a different purpose. It's so um, interesting. And, and I also, just to go back to something we were talking about earlier, can't start over is, is, is obviously one of your favorites on the album. There is someone that probably hates that song that still likes like my music. And that fascinates me. Um, and it's completely like fine with me. It's just kind of like wild that people could be fans of TJ Hickey and have like hate a song and then love a song at the same time. So, mm-hmm. um, it is interesting. It's just a mood and, and perspective. If you ask me of when you're listening to a song. Definitely. And I think with this album, especially, I think you bring up a good point as well about like, yeah, I mean, ask me tomorrow or ask me like while I'm driving or while I'm by myself in, in you know, my closet making music like I might be that my favorite song from this project might be something completely different tomorrow. Right. And I, I think that, again, that is also the, the beauty of this project, because you do have those songs that are more introspective and uh, really like uh, sentimental. But then you have those songs that are, again, the party tracks and the ones that are like, We'll bump in the whip, you know what I mean? So you have, right. I think, a nice versatility of that. And I think this is a good segue. One of my last questions before my like my final, final question, my favorite question I love to ask everyone that comes on this show. But I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what you like want your like legacy to be. Do you, does, is legacy something you care about? Like, and what do you want your fans to maybe like remember you as? Like when this when the music is all said and done and it's all out there, um, you know, what's something for you that you want people to take away from TJ Hickey as an artist and as a person? So when I started this, um, I obviously had a lot of people laugh. I, I, I have friends that I've lost over it. Um, I, when you do this, you, you almost sign yourself up for scrutiny. Um, and I've never been shy about scrutiny. Uh, you know, y- you hate when people judge you before meeting you. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what you're signing up for when you do this. You know, you're trying to reach new new eyes and, and new crowds. But I don't think anyone ever thought that I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, so I ask myself that all the time, like, when is enough enough? Like, have I made it? And I've, I said that in, in some things I had to say for, I said, I wonder now what they think of me. I feel like it took it to places that people didn't think it could be. So it's like, I don't know where the, where the finish line is. Um, I'm just going to keep doing it until I'm happy. But I, what I want people to, to see or what I, what I hope the legacy is, is that I actually did what I said I was going to do. Um, what is that? I don't know, like make good music, I guess. Right. Um, I, I didn't become a millionaire, but I, I didn't, and I didn't become a celebrity, but I don't think I was ever trying to do that. I think I told people that if I put my mind to it, I was going to do it and I'm still doing it. 
and you know hopefully doing it at a high level in other people's eyes but it's interesting too because where i want it or what other people some people probably think like i said that you know wow this kid's he's making millions of dollars off of his music he's verified on instagram like and then there's other people probably like damn like he's still at the same spot that he was in five years ago so i i I don't know i think i'm just gonna do it as as long as i'm happy but i I, in a selfish way for me i want to just take it to places like i just want to continue to just go this way right just go up whatever it is just go up um my my dream or, or my goal has always been a writer for other people as you can probably see as i was saying on this it might have been offline is like a lot of these songs there's better rappers and there's better singers that could do these songs better but that's what i wanted to do like i wanted to give jokes on you to, to tory lanes or give what you become to macklemore um but you know we're not at that spot yet right you have to build up this kind of like portfolio of tj hickey being a respected artist before you get there um but i i don't know i don't know where the finish line is i don't know where what what the legacy is i don't know what people think about me all you can kind of do is just do what what you like to do as long as you can do it right i mean right. i think i played hockey up until the very minute i couldn't um so I, I, I that's a good question i think i think i'm in a good spot right now but i think there's always more to be done and that's the plan for now love that answer and and i something you mentioned about that i was kind of dawning on me a little bit is you know not being afraid of that scrutiny i think that that's an athlete's mentality right because if and no athlete is afraid of scrutiny right because if you were you wouldn't compete like you wouldn't you wouldn't be in that position. So, you know, I was kind of interested to hear like two, I think I was like, another question I almost forgot to ask you too, was like, you know, was, was there anything from like athletics that you were able to kind of like transition into your music mindset? But it seems like you kind of already just answered it there. Like, but um, I guess another thing I want to just quickly touch upon too is, is the writing aspect. Like how has um, that kind of grown for you? And, and, and is, is that something you see yourself maybe doing down the line is writing for other people? Or um, is that something that came a little bit more naturally uh, with, with, the, with this process? Yeah, so it's funny. Um, and, I, and again, I said this in some things I had to say, but I really didn't think, and, and this is probably just you know me being a 22-year-old kid back in the day, is like I really didn't think that I was going to be judged off the songs made, right? Like we don't, mm-hmm. we don't judge Spielberg, his like actual character based on the movies, you know? Right. And I always, I always assume when I'm writing a song, like I'm not always speaking for me. Like these aren't always my thoughts. Like these are just stories that I'm like, I think of myself as a script writer. Um, some songs are about me. Like what you become is obviously like a real life example of that. Um, but like a lot of the songs where you're like, you're trying to create a vibe. Like you're not actually saying things that like, like you feel like if you say bitch or if you say, um, I don't know whatever the, the topic is. It's like, you're not a misogynistic guy because you say the word bitch on a song. And you're trying to evoke an emotion when you're doing this. And I think people at the beginning, especially, I was way more vulgar with my lyrics because that's what rap was, right? That's what rappers True. did. Um, yeah. And then people would, would kind of like look down on me and I'd be like, no, that's like TJ Hickey. That's not me. You know, like that's a, I've created a character. Um, so I, I'm even more interested in, in writing for, for other people um, because I, I think that's one of the, the coolest things you, you can do is you're, you're, pretty much writing a movie when you write a song and be able to give it to someone that really just has those vocals or has that has that talent i've always said i don't believe i'm the best rapper i don't believe i'm the best singer i think i'm one of the more versatile people out doing it um but that's definitely a a huge goal of mine and i just want to add on to to this legacy thing I, i think it's amazing that i've been doing this for as long as i have because i've slowly watched myself ask less for advice and give more advice as corny as it sounds Mm -hmm. i i think i've always wanted people to or like you know the younger artists that that always say 
you know, how'd you do this or how'd you get here? It's like, no one told me I could do this. Like no one. And it's like, as cliche as it gets, like no one told me I could do this, which is why I knew I was going to be able to do it. Obviously you have your doubts. The point is like, don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. Like Mm -hmm. I had no talent at music. I don't think people understand what I mean by that. Like I couldn't rap on beat. I couldn't pronounce words. I, I mean, I was so stuck for so long, like so many hours and I bet the people that are walking past my union room <laughs> that uh, that heard all the clutter were like, yeah, this kid has no talent. He's going nowhere. But I literally just liked it. So I just stayed with it. And I put so many hours, that old saying, put 10,000 hours. I probably did 100,000 hours just me and a microphone because I liked doing it. And it got me here just based off that. It wasn't people encouraging me. It was a lot more scrutiny than anything. So I've always said, like, I wanted my legacy to be like, he did what people told me he couldn't do. And it's the same with sports, right? So that's where that comes over. It's like, you're going head to head with people and I'm going head to head with everyone else when I make music. Like I, I want, I'm, I'm not even talking about other artists. I'm saying like the guy that told me, the girl that told me I couldn't do this, I'm making this next song or I'm making this next move just to spite those people that, that, mm-hmm. that told me I couldn't. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that that's a, that's an awesome sentiment for anybody that's hearing whether they're a fan of yours or a fan of ours right now. It's like anyone that's listening to this, it is true. And we've talked about this a couple of different times on the show with other people or even myself, but it's like, you, you can't worry about what other people think because they're not, they're not, you know, you, they're not fighting your battle. They're not like, you know, pursuing what you want to pursue. Like, don't, don't do something for someone else just because they, you know, because they want you to do something. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. And I feel like, but again, we're in this age, the social media age where image is everything, right? I mean, you were even talking about that earlier where people might think, Oh, like, yeah, he must be making millions of dollars or vice versa. We're like, oh, he was here five years ago. It's and, and, I, and I think the biggest thing that I took away from what you just said, too, is the passion for it. I think I feel the same way about everything that I do, whether it be teaching, coaching or this podcast. It's like once once I feel like I lose my passion for it, I think that'll be the time is when I'll stop. And I don't and it's not necessarily like any certain milestone or anything like that. I think it's just more or less because I you know, like you, I don't make any very little money on this. So it's not like I'm doing this for some lucrative thing. And, you know, I think that that whole point of that for anybody doing whatever they want to do, it's it's exactly that. It's like it has to come from a, a place of passion first. And the journey's the journey, right? I mean, you'll go where as far as you can take that and as long as you're you want to take it, you know what I mean? So I, I really don't see, you know, I, I put it this way. I think it's just a great message for anybody that's that's listening to this right now, because you know, like we, there's so much influence now and, and, and it's, it's hard to like, you know, pu- push that off completely, but sometimes you just have to, and you just got to just trust that. I hate to use the, the, again, the sports term, but trust the process. Like, but it's true. It really is. You have to trust that process. You have to put in those long hours because that's, everybody starts somewhere. Right. And Gary V, I don't know if you, you're familiar with him, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, everybody knows him, but he, he just posted something recently, which I, I love that he did this. And he's one of my favorite just kind of, I guess, influencers, if you, if you will. But he posted something. It was like Gary V's Instagram with zero posts, zero followers and zero following. It's like everybody starts somewhere. So and, and you know, there's even certain artists, too, that have said, like, it took me years just to, like, scratch that surface. So, I mean, for you, I think that's absolutely the right mentality. And I'm glad that I asked the question because I think that uh I think your headspace is in that right frame of mind. It's going to be great for others to hear the same. Yeah, it's got to be, you got to have that passion because I can't tell you how many people or messages I get being like, make me famous or like, 
stupid things like that. <laughs> but the people that are like, hey, like I'm going to start like making music. Do you have um, any advice for me? And I really do try to like answer as many of these people instead of like the, mm -hmm. there's a lot of make me famous or post me, all these the, yeah, uh, DMs. Yeah. I hate those, but mm -hmm. it's always being genuine. Like I, I will have a conversation, but the my number one thing that I always say is you have to love it. Because if you don't do it for yourself, if you're doing it for other reasons, as corny as it sounds, I know it is corny to say that, you're not going to get where you want. Because the moment someone tells you you suck or the moment 10 people tell you you suck, you're going to stop. And I said I said this on my post. I would do this if I had no fans. Now, it's nice having fans. I definitely want like um, to build on that. And I definitely want to make them proud, if you will. But I definitely do this for me. Like at the beginning of this, you didn't have any fans. And all you had to do was people telling you you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But I still did it because I literally had the passion. And, and it's not really like working these hard hours. It is. But like you're doing what you love to do. So you don't even think about it as work. When I'm writing a song, I don't like text people and be like, oh, sorry, I'm at work. You know, like I'm doing something that I like legitimately mm -hmm. enjoy to do. So you have to love it yourself and you can't fake it because eventually you'll just be wasting your time. And one of the biggest, not fears I have for people, but one of the biggest uh, mistakes people make is that they do it for the clout or they do it for this and then they fail and they look even dumber than when they didn't try, right? Like you're trying to become a rapper for the clout and then people tell you suck and then you quit and now they're just looking at you like, not only is he a bad rapper, but he's also a coward because he, he cowered right when people told him he couldn't do something. So, right. um, that's definitely like my, my biggest advice. Do it, do it for you and let the cards fall with him, man. Mm -hmm. So first of all, fans of TJ Hickey, like don't, don't go anywhere. He, he likes having you around. It's not like, it's not like he wants no fans. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, I, no, I, I mean, definitely, I definitely want, I definitely want fans <laughs> and I definitely want to, uh, make what you guys, you know, enjoy. I just, absolutely. Uh, I, it's important cause I think there's a lot more in, artist that messaged me these days and there ever was about how to start and start for you and and mm -hmm. and don't worry about everything else quite yet yeah definitely hey that's why it's a different kind of hobby sorry i had to i had to throw in the hey, there, there you go there you go <laughs> tj hickey man this was a fa just phenomenal episode so excited to have you on here finally we, we've been you and i've been talking about doing this for for a couple months now so i'm really glad we were able to do it and i'm glad we were able to center it around your brand new project a different kind of hobby as i just laid my terrible pun fans of our show you know i had to drop one of those i dropped about one of those an episode but uh link is in the description so you guys make sure you run that up uh it's, it's a phenomenal project like i said earlier it is there's something on here for everyone no matter what kind of you know mainstream hip-hop pop genre blend indie blend whatever it is you like there's going to be something on there i guarantee that you will enjoy and, and something that will resonate with you and TJ, you're not quite done yet because I have my final, final question. My favorite question. I love asking every artist that comes on this show. I call it the dream song scenario. I'm sure you saw it in my notes. And Should, uh, should, I, should, I, be, should I be nervous for this? So, some people are, are definitely get nervous when they're it's like, like, what do you mean dream song scenario? So I'll structure it for you. It's, it, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's a, fu it's a fun one. Actually, once, people ex once I explain it, people tend to really like it. But anyway, you can make a song, all right? It's your dream song. You can make this song with any artist, dead or alive. And uh, we're, we, we cap it at about three artists. So you can have three guest artists on this song. It's like someone to do the hook or maybe you want to do the hook, but you can get someone to do the hook and like two guest verses. And then you get a producer. It could be any producer, any or like maybe a mix of producers. Like if you want a certain melody from some art uh, for some producer or, uh, you know, maybe a, a sample from another uh, producer, whatever it is. 
Uh, so, but again, it's your, 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 uh, dream song and take all the time you need to sort of, uh, figure out who's on that song. But again, so TJ Hickey featuring three guest artists and a producer or a group of producers who would be on TJ Hickey's dream song. I, I actually feel like this is going to be a little bit easier than, uh, I thought it would be. So, um, my dream, dream producer is actually it's corny but it's someone i i worked with really early on and it's lewis bell who does um a lot of justin bieber's records and a lot of post malone records but he's actually from boston um oh, and he that. did three i think my three of like my six first songs um and he's one songwriter of the year and producer of the year for i think the last three years um so i i you know i haven't obviously gotten to work with him since he, he's really taken off but he's he's one of the most talented people i think in hollywood right now and um, I definitely like to do something with him. Um, for the artists, I mean, you know, I'm going to, after all our conversation, you know, I'm going to say Drake. I feel like that was, that was pretty obvious. Um, and then I'm going to go Tory Lanez and, and Post Malone. Um, just because I think those are three of the most versatile artists and those are probably, you know, I want to throw Big Sean on there, but I, I, I do think that currently where I'm at, if you're going to do all time, I think Big Sean's on my top three, but Currently, those are my three um, favorite artists. So that's what, and I don't know. You know, all those guys could probably do the hook. So I don't, I don't even know who I would, who I would throw on where. Um, but that would, uh, that would be the dream club. Well, with that much talent on the record, I, I don't think it would go south by any stretch. I think it would be definitely number one hit. So <laughs> with, uh, with Drake Post and Tory Lanez, and of course yourself and and Lewis Bell, which I didn't realize Lewis Bell was from Boston. I had no idea, and that's interesting. Like that's a whole other conversation, but. I just how producers like don't get enough of the limelight. That's why I always include producers in, in this dream song because you know people often all want to talk about the artists, but no one ever wants to talk about the producers. So I feel and the like, engineers, yeah. the engineers, engineers, absolutely. An engineer is probably the most important part of a song, and I don't even oh, mean totally. that like exaggerating. So Lewis Bell is obviously an engineer. Knox mm-hmm. Beats is my engineer. Robbie Rowan's an engineer. Like these guys are, they're the, like I'm the artist, and I just give clay as I always say, and they actually mold it. Like, they're the ones that are actually sonically creating the sound. Right. Um, so they're the most unheralded uh, people there is. And, and Louis Bell is, is a great story. He was in Boston. He lived in his cousin's basement or his, his mom's basement. I forget what it was for until he was, like, 34 years old, and he made music locally. And then before you know it, he's, you know, he's the number one songwriter in the in the world, and he's, he's making platinum records every other week. I mean, he's just a story of, like, do it for yourself, and um, uh, it's just it's just an amazing story about you know if you're talented and you have the drive, it, success will find you. Absolutely, I love that sentiment. And TJ, I just thank you so much for being here on this on this podcast with us today, and um, really just appreciate your time and transparency and just all of the just just incredible things you were talking about on this on this episode. So I just really really appreciate it. And uh, let the people know, where, like, let our fans know, like, where can they find you? You know, plug your socials, website, all that stuff. Go ahead, plug away. Yeah, so it's it's just TJ underscore Hickey. I think that's um, all of um, my social media, my Twitter, my Instagram. On Facebook, you just type in TJ Hickey. I just started getting to TikTok. I'm not sure yeah. how much I'm going to go with it. Um, but I, I did just start that, and that's also TJ underscore Hickey as well. So. Um, and I, and like I said, if you send me a DM and it's not completely ridiculous, like make me famous, um, I will most certainly do my best to, um, respond and, and have as many conversations. Oh, and you can't ask like, hi, what are you doing? That I, I can't do those either anymore, <laughs> but, um, I will have, uh, if you have a question, I will, I will answer the question. 
Yep. You're definitely a personal guy. And like I said, I've just en enjoyed conversing with you over the last few months. And it's just, again, so glad we, were, we got to do this. So, and fans of ours, make sure you guys go check this man out. Again, like I said, a different kind of hobby is linked in the description. Uh, Spotify, Apple, it's out on all streaming uh, services. He's got plenty of uh, video content as well on YouTube, like a, amazing uh uh, music videos for like can't start over so make sure you guys go check those out and uh, if you're a fan of tj hickey just coming on to us for the first time you can follow us at turntable teachers on instagram and find us on facebook uh tiktok as well i'm, I'm with you man i'm not i'm not super I, I i will say this i think tiktok gets a bad rep because it's not all just like kids dancing you know what i mean i think that that's kind of like the the sort of stereotype of tiktok you know yeah no i absolutely there's a ton of useful stuff on it it's just more yeah. of like how many of these apps can we exactly. have? Like, I, yeah. I've, I've spent so many years and in, in energy into my Twitter, into my Instagram. It's like, now you have this brand new app and I'm like, do I really want to start all over again? It's so, yeah. And it's the answer is just no right now. Um, <laughs> exactly. but I, I, I agree. It gets a bad rap. There's a lot of useful stuff on there. And, um, it's just overkill with our social media these days. A hundred percent. I completely agree. It's, it's, it's a, again, a conversation for another day, but I totally, totally feel you <laughs> on that. But yeah, so reluctantly we are also on TikTok, and uh, of course you can hit up our website, www.turntableteachers.com. Got a lot of awesome uh, blogs and, and uh, stuff that has just popped up on there and, and you can find all our contact there. And of course, subscribe to us on any, uh, wherever you uh, listen to podcasts, we're on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and make sure you also uh, subscribe to our YouTube and, and leave us a comment and a like too. Let us know your favorite TJ Hickey songs and uh, maybe some highlights from the uh, from the podcast episode that you enjoyed. But once again, TJ, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. It's been a really, uh, really incredible time and uh, we can't wait to continue uh, building with you and, and uh, you know, promoting everything you do. And uh, yeah, we, we're, we're here for you with whatever you need. So you got definitely got fans in us with the Turntable Teachers. You're officially a Turntable Teachers alumni. So <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, I, like I said, I, I think without guys like you and without forums like this, um, it's not only hard to, to get to know me as, as, a, as a person, but um, just spreading the music, I think everything counts. So I, uh, I do appreciate it. And I wish you the best. And as long as you said, you know, you keep loving it. I, uh, I hope you continue to do it and, and prosper. Absolutely. This is definitely not the end for sure. But uh, anyway, guys, and thank you so much for tuning in this episode and really, really appreciate that time uh, that you guys are with us today. Uh, of course, I am Mike, your host. This is TJ Hickey with the Turntable Teachers and class is dismissed.